We're online 24-7. You're listening to the hottest radio station on the planet. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Get inspired every Monday and Friday right here on your favorite inspirational show, Morning Inspirational Radio Show, hosted by Dow Tone, the producer. Bring in that gospel flavor, old school, new school, holy hip-hop, and don't forget about that Friday praise break. Get inspired through encouraging words, special guests, and the inspirational moment where you, the listener, get a chance to be on air. So tune in Monday and Friday, 9 a.m., 10 o'clock Eastern, Morning Inspirational Radio Show. Log on to Morning Inspirational Radio Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, can you tell me a little bit how that process went? Uh, with you all there being able to come home under the CARES Act. Incarcerated Mothers Matter Radio Show. We're online 24-7. You're listening to the hottest for radio station on the planet. Uh, you know, been a while, but um, I know they, you know, offered like the parenting classes and, you know, some other things that, you know, also taught you, you know, how to address different subjects, you know, to the children. Blog Talk Radio. Incarcerated Mothers Matter live on Tribe and Family Channel. Hosted by Daphne Patterson. Thank you for tuning in. 515-605-9351 to talk live. Press 1. And now, here is Daphne Patterson. Good evening, everyone. It is April 12, 2022, and I want to welcome you all to this evening's show. Uh, we are happy to be here this evening with our special edition Tuesday night, and it is a part two of our show from last Thursday. We were getting so much good information, and time ran out on us, and we had several callers that did not get to speak. Uh, if those callers are on tonight, please call back in so we can get to your questions. Uh, tonight, again, we'll be joined by... Um, Marva Rice, uh, who um, was on our show last week, and she is going to be uh, my co-host um, for the show as well. So I'm pleased and excited about that. Um, here at Incarcerated uh, Mothers Matter, you know, uh, our goal is to educate and inform um, incarcerated mothers and give them the tools they need to nurture their family relationships, and keep that bond between mother uh, and child. Um, we try to bring to the show 
different um, perspectives of uh, people that have been incarcerated. Um, some have been state, some have been uh, federal, some have not been incarcerated at all. Uh, they are speaking from uh, a family member point of view or a political point of view. Um, so we're trying to touch on um, different areas. And also if um, anyone would like to be a part of our show, um, please email me at daphneP309 at gmail.com, and we can get you scheduled to be on the show and be able to talk about um, whatever issues or resources that you have to share. Uh, we have several more guests uh, lined up. Our, our lineup is pretty much full um, through the month of June. Uh, we've been having people um, just really reaching out to us that want to share and be able to give back um, because they have received, um, you know, so much. So karma is a precious thing because when you give out, it, it always comes back uh, to you. So that is a um, a good thing, and I'm glad that I put a lot of good vibes out there and good karma out there because it is coming back tenfold with people reaching out and wanting to help um, uh, with this process. And, again, I want to um, give a special shout-out to uh, uh, one of our previous guests, uh, Tatiana Fungus. Uh, she is being so delightful in helping me with the graphics and helping me with the flyers, and I appreciate her so much. Um, those flyers um, just gives another touch of professionalism, and um, it makes us just as legitimate as we are, and it's showing the growth that we are having. Um, and we've not been, you know, together, but uh, um, two months, going on two months. So we've progressed so much in those um two months, and I look for us to to grow uh, even more. Um, and uh, also, um, today, we're going to um, have a, a break about halfway through. We have some exciting news um, to share with you all. And um, just one more quick housekeeping note. Uh, if uh, anyone would like to have a 60-second audio commercial here on our worldwide airwaves, uh, you can send us a recording or we can read your website information live. And the details are it's a 60-second commercial airplay on Tribe Family Channel, and it's $50 per month, and you'll get an average rotation of four to six shows. And... Um, you can use um, – uh, we'll also be able to, on the website, on the Incarcerated Mothers Matter website, we will also put that information there so you can check out um, the site where you would uh, put your request in, um, make your payment um, for that. And we're looking forward to uh, doing some advertising um, for everyone and just really make this um, – platform be one that benefits everyone and helps our businesses grow and we'll be able to support one another. Because if you have a family that's supporting each other, 
uh, no one can stop us. No one can break that bond. I uh, posted the song today, Ain't No Stopping Us Now. So <laughs> we are on the move. So I, I, when I heard that song, uh, I just started uh, dancing around because that's the way I felt for today. So how are you today, Miss Marva? I'm doing great, Daphne. How are you this evening? I am doing awesome. As you can tell in my voice, every time I get on this call, I get so excited because I know it's going to be just more revelation that comes out, more good things uh, to share, and um, and I, I'm just excited. I get tongue twisted because I'm excited about being here. And, and that's a wonderful thing, and I can hear the excitement in your voice. And it's amazing how you said, uh, spoke on about the song Ain't No Stopping Us Now because that is a good song and that is a good vibe to live by and work forward to. And as you were speaking and introducing and just giving out announcements this evening, a song came to my mind, we fall down, but we do get back up. So I always get excited when you reach out to me, and this is the second time. And last week we're going to be very conscious of the time this week so we can make sure we do get the calls in. But I was I was so excited about last week when you invited me to do the show with you. It's just like when I got into my zone, it's just like I couldn't come out. But I had to be very conscious of knowing tonight that I will stay in the zone and stay with the time. So... The one thing that I did say to you when we finished Aaron last week, Daphne, okay, we talked about our careers. We talked about what happened to us, how we end up getting to where we got to. I say, but I think we need to come back with a part two. And the part two was letting the loved ones know or ones that have been through what we're going through um, let's talk about the inside tonight, what happened, mm-hmm. how they prepare you, how they tell you that life is going to be this way for you when that date, month, and time come and you're going to be released. But they don't really give you true factors. A lot of it is like false information, I would say, mm-hmm. because me personally from self-experience, I can speak about that. They prepare you. They say they prepare you for when you be released. But I want to hear your side, how you feel about it, and we can tag back and forth with each other to give the listeners uh, a better understanding that this is a serious matter. It is even more serious once you are released and you are free. Because one thing I always say to individuals when you are released or paroled, there is a big difference of being free. You're free from being uh, bound where you've been sent off to, to do your time. But deep down inside, reality and lawfully, you're not free until you have complete your full probation time. If it's two years, three years, four years, six months, whatever, when you get that letter of completion that your parole is over, 
then that's when you can say that you are completely free. So, Daphne, I'm going to tag back to you and let you speak more on it because we can talk about transitioning when you get ready to go home, but we're going to speak a little more on the inside. Let's talk about that and share that to the listeners tonight. Yes. Um, Like you said, you know, on the inside, you know, this is their statement when you get here. This, This... your first day is your first day going home, preparing to go home. That's what they tell you when you get there. You know, they say, you know, that's your goal when you get here is is to go home. And, um, you know, during that, you know, they have the little classes and things um, that you can take. But, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing really that if you're already educated, that you can come home and get a good job with uh, if you can't go back into what you were doing already. Um, And then you'll have that tag of, like I talked about last week, um, you know, on the application, that first thing, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And then once you put, you know, yes, and then you explain, most of the time you're disqualified uh, if you have uh, an application that's banned the box. Um, they might not ask you on the application, but once they pull your background check, it comes up. And um, I was told that it didn't come up unless they did the real extensive background check that cost more money than a simple background check. Um, the federal didn't come up, but it does. But even if so, you know, with the event of the internet and social media and everything, you know, employers go and Google their employees all the time. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like, uh, to me, a conflict of interest for a, a hiring manager to even be able to go to even anybody who hadn't been uh, incarcerated to go to their social media page because, that that is you know per, personal information. If a, if a person is not doing anything on the clock, um, or with company property or or whatever, I I really don't see what business it is of a company, um, you know, to do that. But you know that's what's been created. So what I'm finding is when I came home, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So with it being the beginning of COVID at the um, halfway house, uh, nobody was getting to go out on job searches uh, or or anything. And, and the few that were there that already had jobs, it was just very limited for them to go out. And most of them were working in uh, either different warehouses, um, in laundry rooms. I know some ladies were working at a linen factory. Um, that was paired with the hospital. Um, some were working food service jobs, but when you went to your the counselor and everything, you know they really didn't have um, job programs just really set up to be able to to get people that oriented with the level of education appropriate jobs. And I, I think um, in today's society that that's something that needs to be looked at because 
there are a lot of people who are incarcerated that will be coming home or and uh, they're going to need jobs to work in. And, you know, if it's hard right now for people who don't have a background to get jobs, you know, what is that going to mean for those that have something on their background? And um, <laughs> on our site this week, um, uh, it was a graph that was posted, and it was just telling, like, the number of prisoners uh, that are in the United States right now. And it's 1,024,000 state prisoners in the United States right now. And federal prisons is 208,000. In local jails, it is 547,000 people in local jails right now. And that is just too many people. And then the people that are in the local jails, uh, it's something to do with traffic tickets, uh, something to do with drugs, public uh, order violations, and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, some of those offenses could be done where these people are not sitting in jails, but they're out making money to take care of the fines and stuff that they need to do and also be able to go ahead and take care of their families. And that would take some of the burden off of the other loved ones, you know, not saying that people shouldn't pay for their mistakes because if if you do something, yes, you should pay. But it's also other ways for people to pay. And um, really, honestly, when you are out and you're on, like you say, parole, probation, you are monitored way heavier than you are when you're in a facility. Um, the facility I was at, most of the time we had one guard, and it was um, over 200 ladies there. And for each shift, we had one. So one guard couldn't keep their eye on 200 and something ladies every shift. But when you're out and you got ankle monitors, you know, they know where you are at all times. They can stop at your house at any time to make sure you're there. They can drug test you at any time, you know. So so, so even with that, you know, they can have that you at home a certain time. So it's way more stricter um, being on parole and probation than it is, you know, being locked up. Um and also with that, like I said, when I came out, you know, it, COVID was starting and everything was in that starting in that shutdown period. And um, so, you know, it made made it difficult for a lot of people um, to um, even find resources. And um, that was one of my goals for this show is to find resources, too, when people come home, because it is, you know, not only do you have the burden of finding a job when you get home, but then if you don't have uh, uh, housing, that's very difficult because now a lot of places before they rent to you, they do background checks and um, they won't let you move in. If you have any, you know, if you have something on your background, you can't even move in. Um, if if they do let you move in, they're going to charge you some ridiculous um, fee. Um, security deposit that you you won't get back, but um, you know that's how they get over and they get to make uh, extra money. Yet on people who are already oppressed and already trying to make it 
make it back again. And, you know, it's like you say, you're not truly free. So it's to the point, when are you truly free? I mean, that's the key. I want to know when are you truly free once you, um, you know, get that paper of completion, you know, are you ever free? Good point, Stephanie, and I agree with you. And one thing I would like to piggyback off of some of the things you just talked about and some of the things I noticed because I'm a very observant person. All that was new to me, so I was very uh, mindful of my surroundings, watching different individuals' personality, watching the guards. Uh, One thing I did notice a lot out of the 495 days that I was there which equals 16 months. Uh, basically, they work you. They you have a job detail daily. Uh, you had to be out of your um, your uh, dorm because we were like in a college dorm setting because we was at a boot camp. So when you're in a boot camp setting, you're more like it seemed like it looked like a college dorm that you're going in and out with your uniform more every day, like you're going to class. But actually, you're going to your work detail uh, uh, site, wherever you were assigned to work at. Now, one of the things I noticed, and it's the that's your work detail to keep from saying they're not working you as a slave, because I told you, I explained to you last week what that word P-R-I-S-O-N stands for to keep that slavery mentality of making you feel like you're one. They give you a salary, and it's like a salary depends on which uh, factory you're working with or which uh, you're working in the cafeteria. As Daphne stated, they had the manufacturing company. They had the warehouse. And to me, if you're a person that has had a career of some type bigger than that and you had to downgrade yourself to that, to not thinking that you're better than that, but what it was to me, I felt as though they prepare you more for when you are released. You have to, it has the mindset of you thinking, well, the only person that will hire me is a factory job, a warehouse job, Mm -hmm. a kitchen job, uh, either a hospital where you're doing laundry, because they had a laundry area too. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the type of, mindset they was developing the ladies to have. If you wasn't one of them strong go-getters, as I explained to you last week, there would be several times that doors will be closed in your face. But I stress any family member, any loved one that uh, that is experiencing that with a loved one or have gone through that, do not give up. Please, whatever you do, even at your downest moment. I would express to any loved one that's on these listening lines tonight, if they have an experience or they're experiencing a loved one that's away, uh, always remember them. Cards, letters, uh, doing mail call was the most exciting part of mm, that mm-hmm. That made you feel like you're loved and someone out there your family, your friends, they haven't forgotten about you. 
because everyone is not fortunate enough to say that I'm going in on the short term, I'm going in on the middle term, I'm going in on long term. I stress to anyone, if you can keep money on males or female books, keep it mm-hmm. on them. They watch that. They watch, they prey on people if they're not seeing that. They don't have the family support. So mm-hmm. uh, they, you've been able to go to the uh, commissary weekly. Mail call, you have pictures you can post on your locker. You have letters you can read every day. You have books. Cinnamon. Send mail, send letters. Let your loved ones know that they are loved. You haven't forgotten about it. You haven't gave up on them. Because one of the biggest downfalls that a lot of the ladies and men, I don't know about the men's facility, but I can speak very heavily on the ladies' facility, they get caught up into situations that is not very pleasing, They live with that situation due to the simple fact because a lot of ladies are preyed on. They watch them if you don't make phone calls. They watch you if you're not getting any mail, doing mail calls. They watch you if you're not going to the commissary. So what do they do? You have somebody that's in there that don't have anything to lose or that's just a lifestyle of what they like to do. You can come in there sad part about it because you have to declare yourself as heterosexual, homosexual, or transgender. So when I asked a counselor my day when I had to self-surrender myself, he said, are you heterosexual, transgender, or gay? And I looked at him. I said, I'm heterosexual, sir. Sadly to say, you find a lot of the officers in my mind, my sense of thinking, the way I am, they become just institutionalized as some of the people that allow themselves to become institutionalized. I say, I am heterosexual. You say, you're saying that now. I say, I'm saying it today, and I'll say it the day that I walk out of here. Because their mindsets a lot of times be just as twisted as some of the people that goes up in there. So I tell anyone that listening to my voice tonight. Give that love. Give that support. Show that they're cared for. Show that they haven't been forgotten. Because when birthdays come around, Mother's Day comes around, Thanksgiving comes around, Christmas comes around, even during Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, you feel that loneliness. You feel that loss because you never experienced that before, and by not experiencing that, all you do is wonder what my family is doing. I wonder what this one is doing. I wonder what that one is doing. Like I explained to you about me, and a lot of people don't have that strong willpower and constitutional mind to keep. My body was there. 495 days, but my mind was home every 495 days. So I never stopped my daily routine of every day getting up just like I was going to work. The difference was with me, I was my own supervisor, and I had my own detail cycle of what I had to do. 
and within 30 to 35 minutes, 40 at the most, I was complete with my job. And I had so many ladies want to join me on my team. I even had the guards when the new young, the new ladies would come in on the compound, because that's what they call it, they would say, go see Miss Rice. Okay. I would tell them when they would come to me and say, well, God, such and such a one say, come see you, you're inform us what to do. I said, no, you go back over to that guard, to that guard shack. Um, I'm wearing green just like you. I asked her what she likes for you to do. And what I would do is help assist you in any way that I can. I said, but I'm here just like you are. But I said I was on vacation. I said, I'm on vacation right now. So you go back over there and ask them <laughs> with this and I, if you yeah. need any help, uh, delegate and make it easy for you and get a crew so, so y'all can get from out here in the sun or get from out mm-hmm. in the winter or the rain or something, I'll help you like that. So do always be mindful of that. Don't forget them. I stress that. Please do not forget them. Definitely not. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and back on um, the education portion, you know, that was an opportunity to me for uh, people, you know, men and women who don't have degrees or a technical skill, really, to to learn. I know uh, some places have the apprenticeship program, but it was only, you know, for certain people who did, you know, their apprenticeship. And uh, really, it wasn't an apprenticeship. It was just going out doing work. So they didn't actually get the get the uh, textbook part of it, you know. And um, it should have been where they should have gotten their certifications and everything, you know, in a, being an electrician, um, you know, doing plumbing. So, you know, they were already certified to be able to come home and, and get, you know, those types of jobs. Um, and uh, I've been doing some research as well that, um, you know, people, you know, if your loved one is incarcerated now, you know, have them to check um with their institution because now they have lifted the ban for a person to be able to receive federal aid uh, in prison. So you you can get Pell Grant now if you're incarcerated in certain places, not everywhere, but, uh, you know, they could inquire, you know, and find out, you know, if their institution has such a program and, you know, in the process that they could um, submit their FAFSA and, you know, things like that to be able uh, to take classes. Um, I know it's been some pilot programs been set up where uh, the people uh, actually they have one program uh, has 12 students that are incarcerated and with 12 students that aren't incarcerated and they're doing it through Zoom. And so they're able to just attend classes, you know, along normal, like, you know, everybody else that takes these Zoom classes, you know, because, you know, since the pandemic and everything, you know, the uh, emergence of uh, online classes uh, have really, really risen. And I really don't see it going back because online classes um, were just way more convenient. And once people got used to the idea of not having to get here, go sit in a class for 50 minutes, go back, go home, you know, they'd rather be home 
um, you know, either being able to do their class on their own time or being able to just be home and be still in that group setting and, um, you know, do class. Now, I know for young kids, that interaction with other people is, you know, that's very important uh, for them. Uh, so, uh, you know, kids need that. But, you know, for adults to be able to do it, it is um, very, very, you know, important um, to also push for um uh, education. Um, I want to tell you, um, if you are a caller and you want to speak, if you would please uh, push the number one and we can call out the last four digits of your phone number twice when you're called upon and then you can um, ha- have uh, your, your words to say to us because we look forward to your questions and your comments. Um, we were so excited about the comments and everything we got last week, even the words of encouragement we received from uh, on the Facebook page, on the Instagram page. So we really appreciate everybody's feedback, uh, and really any feedback is welcome um, on topics that you would like to hear about because we want to make this a show for everyone. So, um, you know, if there's topics that you're interested in, that we can bring in someone that knows about it, or if you know someone um, on a topic that you would like to share, please um, email us or uh, DM us uh, on Facebook or Instagram because uh, we really want this to be an interactive show. Um, Now I'm going to pause for a minute because we uh, have uh, just a a simple short uh, commercial, and then we'll be back uh, to finish up our conversation. We hope you have enjoyed this broadcast of Incarcerated Mothers Matter. Gumpel for the Soul Publications wishes to invite your participation in the anthology Incarcerated Mothers Matter 2. Visit GumbleForTheSoulInternational.com and send us a message through our contact page or email incarceratedmothersmatter2 at gmail.com. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited about the anthology for Incarcerated Mothers Matter 2. I am uh, working uh, on that project, and I was uh, so uh, humble and grateful to be able um, to be a a part of this um, because we want these stories and how we feel to really get out there uh, to the masses uh, because everyone needs to know, you know, what's going on and see what we can do to improve, uh, you know, for our loved ones, uh, you know, Someone needs to be on their side as well. And I know, you know, on the victim side, you know, we we all just need to be together to be on everybody's side and be able to compromise and make the situation work good for everyone. Um, That um, is just uh, so, so, you know, important. And as I was talking about education, you know, if you can come home and, you know, even have a degree in something that, that's not so background uh, check. You know, I know a lot of the IT work from home jobs, a lot of them are not so picky with, um, 
you know, background and that it's, it's good salaries, you know. So you just do some research for your loved ones even before they come home because I know on the inside you don't have access to the Internet to be able to really do job searches in there. So you can't really even be prepared to come home to know uh, what's out there. I know we had this kiosk that was always down or wouldn't print things, but it was supposed to list um, places that uh, would hire felons, you know, in there. So, um, so uh, you know, uh, you know, do the research for your family members. You know, if you see job postings, you know, make copies of them, send it to them, you know, um, that would just be so awesome, you know, for them to, you know, to be able to start the research and be able to, when they are doing resume writing classes and things like that, they'll know uh, what they need to, how they need to gear in on doing resumes because a lot of people think resumes are done how they used to be where you had to list everything that was on there, but, um, um, now you do your resume according to what job you're applying for. So if you're applying for a nursing job, you're going to just put all your nursing experience. If you're applying for a teacher job, you're just going to put your teacher's experience. If you're applying for an IT job, you're just going to put your IT experience. And so a lot of people um, uh, don't know, and um, recruiters, when they look at your resumes, um uh, you know, they only have a few minutes that they're going to look over it. So, you know, you want to be crisp. You want to be concise and to the point on your resumes because you want them to look at it and it stand out. It's not wasting their time. It's not fluff. They get to it. They see you got the experience. They see you got the education. And then they want to keep you, you know, in the pile that, oh, I'm going to call this pile back. Uh, so, so later uh, in one of the shows, uh, we'll have someone on here uh, talking about uh, workforce development as well. I think she'll be on next month. If not next month, she'll be on in June. Um, but we'll keep you tuned in when she comes in because, like I said, we're going to tackle every area uh, of everything. So, All right, Ms. Daphne. One other thing I would like to say before we close out to take questions, one thing I did myself personally and a lot of the other ladies I stayed involved with church. I, I went to church every Sunday except for one month I missed, and the reason why I missed it is because they had changed pastors, and the pastor that was doing the services, it wasn't that great. So when you're in a setting like that, don't lose focus and don't lose sight on God because they did what they could do, and I must say, I was a tamarind player. Yes, I was. And we <laughs> they tried to do as much as they could because you do have some good officers that's in there. Some of them, yes, will talk down to you or talk at you like you're nothing. But overall, there are a lot of good ones that's there yeah. to make it as pleasant and smooth and easy, yeah. even though it's hard because nothing is never easy like that. But it's the mindset that you give within yourself. And my mindset was, I can do this. I can go through this, and I will survive this. So at the same time, never lose focus, 
keep God first, stay involved. It's a lot of gifted talent in there. When I say gifted talent out of this world, it's in there, crocheting classes, knitting classes, embroidery. They did it. It's family. You, you, you develop a family, and you know your group. You have to be very selective. You have to pick and choose. But there are ladies that w- was in there that tried to make everyone feel like we can do this, we in this together. This is not a one thing, a one person job every day to just fight through these feelings. You're going to have sad moments. You're going to have crime moments, but at the same time. And I must say, my counselor, because I was in Seminar A, I had a dynamite counselor. He looked out for Marva Lynn Rice, and I can never forget that. Good things throughout the bad days. There were some good things that made it there to say at the end, and it's your day to come home. And you're on that list, and they start calling you on that intercom. Come to admin, come to R&D. You know, that's my time to check on my clothes and see if everything is here, and your time is winding down, and that's when you start counting harder. So do know that there are good people besides. They look down on us as being bad because of what happened to us, but at the end of the day, we're not bad. We all have done things in our life that have caused us to get one place or another, but at the same time, just stay focused and always remember that. That's yes. And once again, once again, if we do, I know we got plenty of listeners out there, please press one so we can uh, take any calls or questions that you have. Uh, only thing you have to do is press one and raise your hand, and our producer uh, will answer uh, your call uh, to let us know, but we'll keep on talking uh, while you all get your questions together uh, to to ask us. Um, we are here, um, you know, to be able to share and uh, give uh, information, um, you know, to you as well. But, uh, Marva, you know, when you talk about your counselors, um, you know, we had a very good counselor in our building, too, who was also, you know, a male. And um, one one display that he did that really made me know that he was a a human good counselor was we had one of our uh, sisters um, had got a phone call and she had lost her son uh, who was a teenager and I had never heard a cry like that before ever in my entire life. And mm-hmm. um, I, I still can hear her cry that night, that mm-hmm. day. And, you know, he immediately came up, you know, to her and he worked everything for her to get home, you know, to get to the service and everything. And, you know, she was able to get to the service and, you know, then come back. Uh, That's what I did like uh, a little bit that, you know, you were able to take, you know, furloughs if it was an emergency, you know, like a death in the family, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if it did, if it wasn't too far or, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, not but a couple of hours, you know, things like that where they could go and come back. Um, that was one thing, uh, you know, that was uh, appreciated. I, I was blessed, you know, that I didn't have to experience that, but that was something on the inside that was just hard um, 
to be able because you can't even express your sorrow to someone that saw someone and then they're there and it was nothing they could do, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. at that time. But then you're grateful that they do get to go home and, you know, be with their family for a little while. Yes, that is so true. And it was mother, father, sister, or brother. They would give you a three-day furlough to make it where you would be possible. It would be possible for you to be able to go and attend the funeral services, and that was something. It was some ladies that did experience having loved ones that did pass on while they was in in the facility, but at the same time. They made it possible for you to be able to get home to be with your loved ones during that three times. Yes. I have some some other statistics here that are very interesting as well. Uh, The number of women incarcerated in the United States has skyrocketed over the last four decades, uh, increasing from 700% in the 40 years. 700% in 40 years. That is tremendous. In 2019, there were more than, there were more than 231,000 women and girls held in prisons and jails across the country. Okay, we have a caller, and the last four digits are 0864. Caller 8. Caller 0864. Caller 864, your line is open. Caller 0864. Maybe we having some technical news. Hello. Hey, how are you Hi. tonight? I'm fine. I'm sorry. I was. I kept answering, but you couldn't hear me. Um, oh no, I, I can't hear say, you. <laughs> okay. I just want to say I am so proud of you, ladies, for opening up to people that don't know about certain things. I am um, in the medical field. And I hear this all the time. I hear depression. I hear people come in the office and speak out on their situations, but they'll talk to the doctor and they'll tell the doctors about what they're going through, but they don't talk out to other people and, Mm -hmm. you know, get ideas of what they can do. They only want to get on medication to resolve their issue, which is not resolving their issue. The issue is still there. It's They want to, you know, cover it up, and they want to hide about what they've been through, like it's a Mm. big secret. But I'm so glad and so proud of you. But this has been so therapeutic for me personally, you know, to be able to, you know, just speak the truth and speak about what I've been through. And, you know, it's a testament to God when you can talk about what you've been through and how he he brought you through because the key word is through. You know, we weren't stuck there, you know, and it had an end date and we had a new beginning. So I would just love, love, love to 
even speak to any person who's depressed um, and going through uh, because uh, me, I I had um, a a wonderful therapist, too, that um, helped me, you know, when I first came home, you know, with the transition with, you know, being able to – reestablish my relationship because it had been a minute. So, you know, my kids were full grown, you know, so, you know, it was a whole different relationship that I had to establish, but, but we're doing great, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is therapeutic. I don't know about you, Marva, but I think you had a big revelation coming on last week. Yes, but I was blessed. One of the things I was blessed about, and I could truly say this, was I, I consider myself an open book. I had my mindset when I saw the way things was going, and I got one-third almost to the end before my, pre-tri- my pre-hearing. I didn't have a trial. I start preparing myself. I'm like that. I can start shifting. I can truly say I was blessed to say I did not do any therapy, but my therapy is, I had a beautiful family that supported me, a wonderful pastor, church family, and my dear true friends that stuck by me. So when I talk about it to them or talk about it to Daphne or we talk things over or we go through things, that's my therapy because I am a person, I don't believe in taking all that medication. I've seen so much Mm -hmm. of that. I was in the court system. And one thing I did believe in doing when I had cases that I had to deal with, instead of having somebody incarcerated, if they had a drug addiction or alcohol problem, I sent them to rehab. And that was the way they had to take care of their funds. So, yes, I was blessed. And I still have my moments, but it's not a moment where I can't deal with society or deal with what happened to me. I talk about it because I'm an open book. And I don't have anything to hide because that don't define who I am. I am the woman that I am today because I survived it through God, grace, and mercy. And thank you well, so much, I, pray. I will continue to pray for you all. I will continue to uplift you in any kind of way I can. And just keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep encouraging others. Keep praying for your, you know, fellow mates or fellow, you know, friends and, you know, uplifting them because a lot of times when you have doors closed in your face, it sets people into severe depression and they get discouraged and they turn to the wrong things. And a lot of times that's why they end back up in the system because of the point when they get out into society, you know, one door after another one is closed in their face and they just get to the point that they don't feel that they belong. So with people like you all encouraging, uplifting, continuing to pray and, you know, holding it together for others, it's great, and I mean you all to the fullest. Thank you. Thank you. And what's your name, Carla? My name is Vida. All right, Vida. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. God bless you all. Bye, Vida. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is just so wonderful, um, you know, to hear. And, um, 
you know, that other people are, you know, notice people that go through periods of depression. And it is hard when you get turned down time after time. But we Mm got to remember, it might turn you down 99 times, but one (laughs) of those times is going to be yes. You just keep, keep pushing and you keep knocking down the door. You keep going on, you keep going on, because one day, one of the doors, you're going to kick it flat down. Um, no hand, you know, no hand, <laughs> no That's hand. And, and, I was, I was just giving, and I was just giving a few more statistics. You know, women have been the fastest growing segment of incarcerate, the incarcerated population. And, you know, the men's jail population actually fell 9% from 2008 to 2018. But then the women jail population grew by 15%. So I, I wonder, you know, what was going on to make the man population go down and the female population go up. Um, that's interesting. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the women's incarceration rate also climbed double the rate of men in state prison across the country. Right. You know, so that's the reason I know that this is a purpose for us because, you know, clearly with these statistics, it's work to be done out there. And, you know, people, you know, just need great help, you know, and, you know, we can provide that help for them. And if if anyone wants to read the entire article, uh, it's on my Facebook page. Um, and I am um, so glad to be able to um, to sh- uh, be able to share uh, articles and you know amendments, uh, new laws. So make sure you go to the Facebook and Instagram pages because I'm always posting uh, something new, and my producer is also uh, always uh, posting uh, new articles and things we find. Uh, keep you updated on what's going on with the. First Step Act and, you know, just anything that's going on in the court system. And I also want to remind you again that we we still have the 60-second auto commercials uh, that will uh, be aired worldwide uh, because we are heard uh, not only uh, here in the United States, but we're heard in, uh, I know, over 30 international countries uh, at the minimum. So you can send us a recording or you can um, send us the information and we can, you know, read your uh, commercial out loud um, for you and maybe do a little skit for you on on the airways. And uh, the commercial will be a 60-second commercial, and it will be played on the Tribe Family Channel. And I just love the Tribe Family Channel. If you get a chance to check them out, it is so awesome. It is so much history there. Uh, it's always uh, just giving people their flowers while they're still here and, and honoring the ones that came before us. Uh, I, I just love uh, uh, looking at uh, the five, uh, Tribe Family Channel. And these uh, commercials are $50 per month, and you get an average rotation of four to six shows. So uh, we have several shows on that network. So uh, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this network. All right, Marvel, this hour done went quick again. 
So you got any closing words you want to say? Yes. One other thing I would like to close with tonight, too, for the listeners that's listening. There is a program, too, that's set up in the facilities, and I'm quite sure the institutes, too, that if you do not have your high school diploma, there is a class that they place you in when you get there so they can prepare you and get you ready for your GED so you can have that when you are released. That's one of the mandatory uh, requirements that you have to have, too. One thing that I was honored to witness because they had a problem with getting my uh, diploma to the facility because due to the fact my school had closed down, so they had to go through the Board of Education of my private school. But I had the opportunity to witness the graduation class. And when I saw that, that was a beautiful, delightful moment. And they do give the parents or loved ones opportunity to come if they can travel to the day of the ceremony to watch their loved one receive their GED. And in that particular uh, graduation ceremony, one of the instructors recognized me and because they used to stop me on the compound and they used to talk to me and they acknowledged me because she said, I said some very strong words that stood out to her. And the young ladies from the uh, graduation ceremony was over. They said, why did you always be recognized everywhere you go? I said, I cannot answer that question. I just <laughs> believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that, you know, that's generally us, you know, we just who we are, you know, and, you know, we let our light shine, you know, and we just let God shine through us. So, you know, if he uses us to be the light, you know, we we welcome it, you know, you know, yeah, so exactly. I just appreciate everyone's time. Um, I appreciate everyone's time tonight that came out to uh, listen to us. So we won't be on this Thursday, but we'll be on Thursday, April the 21st. And on that show, I will have uh, that our guest will be um, uh, a mayor, uh, and she will be in to talk about a project that she's working on, uh, resources uh, for uh, incarcerated uh, women. Uh, she heard uh, about what we were doing, and she wanted to come on and talk about her project. So remember, if you have anything, any projects, uh, want to do any sponsorship, just give us a call um, at 716-495-6756. Have a good night. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this broadcast of Incarcerated Mothers Matter. Gumpo for the Soul Publications wishes to invite your participation in the anthology Incarcerated Mothers Matter 2. Visit GumboForTheSoulInternational.com and send us a message through our contact page or email Incarcerated Mothers Matter 2 at gmail.com. Thank you. Keep your head to the sky.
Uh, can you tell me a little bit how that process went uh, with you all there being able to come home under the CARES Act? Incarcerated Mothers Matter Radio Show. We're online 24-7. You're listening to the hottest school radio station on the planet. Uh, you know, been a while. But um, I know they, you know, offered like the parents in classes and, you know, some other things that, you know, also taught you you know, how to address different subjects, you know, to the children. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Stay tuned and look forward to this and more coming up. Get inspired Monday and Friday right here on your favorite inspirational show. And don't forget about that Friday praise break. Get inspired through encouraging words, special guests, and the inspirational moment where you, the listener, get a chance to be on air. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.